Hello my pretties and your little dogs too. Welcome, my name is Katie. While I may be sitting in wine country, it doesn't mean we're limited to just discussing wine. Let's also chat about food, home, books, and lifestyle trends, and I promise only less than a minute of national news and politics. You can time me, so get out your stopwatches and grab a cup or a glass of your favorite beverage and let's dish the vineyard dirt, shall we? Good morning, and thank you for joining me on my seventh episode of Woman in Wine Country. Yep, I'm still here, and I plan on sticking around for a while, so I'll try to be worth the investment of your valuable time. Now, I recently received an email from the host of this podcast format letting me know I reached one of their notable milestones. So I'm excited, yet I feel humbled. So thank you all so very much. Thank you to everyone for your support. I appreciate it. Hey, how was your weekend? And did anyone watch the coronation? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? So I watched about 10 minutes of it. And while I respect their traditions, I just haven't been a fan. Believe it or not, I have not seen one episode of Downton Abbey. I know, you're clutching your pearls. You're clutching your Queen Elizabeth pearls. Although through the years, I have enjoyed seeing the playful photos of the young Queen Elizabeth, and I admired her love for dogs, and got a kick out of her photos as a young woman flirting and playing tag with the Royal Armed Forces. Of course, there was also Princess Diana of Wales. She had my respect for her notable humanitarian work, and she took on some of the most serious causes in the world. Homelessness, the HIV-AIDS crisis, leprosy, and landmines, to name a few. And she just didn't talk the talk from her balcony. But Princess Diana walked the walk and even walked the fields scattered with landmines. Now, during the coronation weekend, I did pick up a few interesting snippets of history and even a recipe. One of the most interesting pieces of history I picked up was about Queen Caroline of Brunswick. She was the former Princess Caroline of Wales, and she was married to King George. Now, this took place in the late 1700s and early 1800s. It seemed that the newly crowned King George refused to include his wife at his coronation. His reason? She smelled. Now, the newly crowned queen, she loved eating raw onions and garlic. And since we're talking about the late, or excuse me, the early 1800s here, Queen Caroline lacked a bit of personal hygiene. But then again, most people smelled as deodorant wasn't going to be invented for yet another 60-some years. 
During this time, there were no feminine wipes, there was no baby wipes, and showers weren't exactly accessible unless you walked out into the rain. And if you were just a commoner, you were lucky if you could be the first one in your hut to have the fresh bath water first, as bath water was often recycled. Now, some say she wasn't invited to the coronation because she was fat and ugly. Now, sooner or later, aren't we all, according to a pissed-off former lover or a competitive and disgruntled co-worker, fat and ugly? And Queen Caroline was also known to flaunt her naked body parts around, and she had an affair with an Italian, and not just any Italian, but an Italian commoner. Oh, my. Eventually, she was called before the British House of Lords. Now, what is the British House of Lords? In American terms, think all of the male members of the House Freedom Caucus who think it's their job to to dictate to women on how to live their lives. The House of Lords told Caroline that she needed to behave or else they would write up the paperwork for a divorce. In spite of the freedom, I mean the British House of Lords, the people loved Queen Caroline and would often gather around her coach when she came to town. And they would escort her and her coach around the village. So, hey, cheers to Queen Caroline. One other tidbit I picked up while listening to the television this weekend I was listening to my favorite television journalist, Anderson Cooper. He was in London reporting on the coronation and was interviewing one of my favorite evening soap actresses, Joan Collins. Joan played Alexis Carrington Colby in the 1980s series Dynasty. In Britain, she is known as Dame Joan Collins. Now, Collins is 89 years old, and on the 23rd of this month, she will become 90 years old. And she looked and sounded her usual fabulous self. She told Anderson that on Coronation Day, she would be hosting a coronation party. And when asked what was on the menu, she said, Coronation Chicken. And she explained, Coronation coronation Chicken was a real thing and could often be found at many of the local market delis around London. So this intrigued me so much that I added coronation chicken to my list of things to research. I have to say, I was a bit pleasantly surprised when the following day I received an email from one of the food websites I subscribed to. And sure enough, there was a recipe for coronation chicken. It turns out I've been making coronation chicken for over 30 years and then some. Who knew it was royal? In a couple of weeks, I have an article scheduled on my blog, Woman in Wine Country, with the history and the recipe for the famous coronation chicken. So, stay tuned. As a beginner to this podcast format, 
Sometimes I will rethink myself after a podcast and ask, was I too hard on that subject? Did it sound like I was picking on someone or picking on a specific industry? So in my podcast named The Grievance Tour that I did last month, I brought up a subject about being dismissed as a woman, whether it was my wine blog or my wine employment experiences. I later wondered if I should have expressed my opinion and my experiences. I second-guessed myself. Finally, I realized I was okay when I came across a podcast named Fork in the Road. This episode was dated March 19th, 2021, and their guest for the day was Elizabeth Schneider, who is a podcast host of Wine for Normal People. Elizabeth discussed sexual abuse and misogyny going on in the wine industry, an industry that she is very active in as a wine educator and a speaker. Now, let me make one thing clear. It isn't just the wine industry that has been guilty of this behavior, but all industries are guilty. Like Schneider and myself, we're sharing our personal experiences that cannot be dismissed. And I came to the conclusion that this is the point of an independent podcast, to have a voice where I may not have any place else. So in other words, I will no longer second-guess myself. And speaking of wine, this last weekend it was spring release in our village. It's a weekend I used to go out and visit many of the wineries and attend many wine events, packing my notebook and business cards. Today, I stay away. I stay home. These weekends are mainly for the tourists. And since I am no longer blogging wine notes almost daily, I stand back and let the wineries give their time to our tourists. During these weekends, even when I was pouring wine for the masses, and sometimes when the tourists would discover I was a local born and raised, they would look at me as if I had a third eyeball on my forehead or something. Once I even had a woman ask me to come out from behind the tasting room bar so she could take a look at me. I was quaint, yet novel. Ultimately, their curiosity was all about asking me what it was like to be born and raised in this wonderful town that I call home. You know, and it's not like I was a freak or anything, as in my youth I did leave for a couple of years and moved about 250 miles away to the big city. In spite of it all, and that I was treated like some kind of a souvenir or souvenir doll, I was, and I'm still flattered, and feeling blessed to be born and raised in the town that is often referred to as the darling of the wine industry in our state. During these special event weekends, our tourists are happy to be in our town, and I always enjoy hearing their point of view and hearing about their great experiences they had at the event 
or dining or shopping or listening to them talk about our beautiful historic architecture, nature's colorful valley with the backdrop of a mountain range that as a local, I sometimes take for granted. When I was working in a tasting room, sometimes after listening to the tourists' enthusiasm about visiting our town, later I would hear myself tell a friend or a wine peer that I wished I could visit our town as a tourist, as silly as it sounds. So in the meantime, I'm happy to, hey, I'm happy to give a few hits if it means our town will continue to flourish in tax revenue and provide jobs, and not just winery jobs, but tourists spend money on lodging, dining, and retail. It's also important to note that wineries need electricians, plumbers, and carpenters. And with that said, I think it's important to give the wine tasting associate some love. As I have always said, and will probably say it again on this format, but the wine tasting associate can make or break the daily wine sales, and they are often the lowest paid person in the building. And it also means if the wine tasting staff is in a bad mood, no matter how good the wine tasted, the customers will never forget a bad experience, even when tasting a great wine. Okay, start the stopwatches. Here's my under a minute rant regarding national news and politics. Upon recent stats, Texas is the second in the nation when it comes to mass shootings. And instead of taking responsibility, Governor Greg Abbott is blaming the crisis on mental illness. And yet mental illness is not just isolated in his state, but every country in the world has a population regarding this health issue. And yet other countries in the world do not have the high volume of fatalities due to gun violence like America has. No, Governor, the problem is you and your Texas good old boy politicians, as just last year, you and your ilk pocketed over $14 million from the NRA and other gun activists. Therefore, you have become negligent with your gun laws and with intent. You're shameful. It's time to wrap it up. Today, we've discussed wine and the tourists who keep our wineries busy. We learned some royal history today and the year deodorant was invented. Thank goodness. And if you follow my blog, Woman in Wine Country, you will see a blog from last week giving some history on the country of France and their favorite flower, Lily of the Valley. Stay tuned and you'll hear me again on Wednesday, May 24th. Same time, same place. Until we meet again. Stay well, my pretties, and your little dogs, too. For more information, check out my website at womaninwinecountry.com. There's also my Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, Thank you 
for listening. <laughs>